How's everybody this morning? <laughs> For those who don't know me, my name is John Sugibarashi. Everybody calls me Sugi because at one point we had like four Johns in the in the church. So yeah. So uh, so good morning. Um, today I'm preaching the word. This morning um, we're gonna we're continuing in our um, Great I Am series. Um, with where pastor started uh, earlier last year, last month, and so you know the topic I'm talking about today is Jesus is the light of the world. You know, and the we were talking about in the past few weeks, we were talking about how Jesus was the bread of life, and he was he sustains our spiritual life, just as bread sustains our physical life. And he, he also says that I am the resurrection and the life. You know, in that story, he tells us, talks the story about Lazarus, and he brings him back to life. And he shows that it was a promise of the end of days where Jesus was going to resurrect his people for all eternity. Um, and then he preached on the door of the sheep uh, in John 10, where Jesus is the only source of redemption. And... We have to enter through that door and have intimacy with him and to follow him. And then uh, last week, uh, Liz Cousin uh, shared on the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd where Jesus loves us and cares for us. And he protects us even to the point of death. So today I'm talking about Jesus is the light of the world. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to John 8, uh, verse, verses 12 to 30. And it says... Um, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making these claims about yourself. Such testimonies not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I come from and where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect, because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Verse 17, for your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father, they asked. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Verse 21. Later, Jesus said to them, saying again, I am going away. You will search for me, but will die in your sins. You cannot come where I am going. The people ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You cannot come where I am going. Jesus continued, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am who I claim to be. You will die in your sins. Who are you, they demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be, I have I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. 
But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do, not, I do nothing on my own, but say only what the father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. For I always do what, he ple- what pleases him. What many have, then many who heard him say these things believed in him. At the end of this passage, you see that it's that statement. Then many who heard him say these, say these things believe in him. Now, this is why Jesus came into the world. He came to show the good news that he is the light. He is the doorway. He is the shepherd showing us the way. And he is the resurrection and the life. As we see from this passage, Jesus points to the fact that he is from the Father. And he speaks on the authority of the Father. Jesus' testimony is being the light of the world is because of his authority. And his authority doesn't come from human origins, even though he was a man on earth. But, his, but it's from his relationship with God the Father. You know, John, going back to John 8, 24, it says, That is why I said you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who you claim to be, you will die in your sins. Verse 28. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father's taught me. So Jesus is showing that he is God. He is I am, as, as he revealed to Moses back in, in Exodus. He's like, who are you? I was like, I am who I am. And so the big picture point is, Jesus is the light we need to see. All right? So what is light? You know, let's, let's look in the Bible. In Genesis 1-3, it says that God said, let there be light. And there was light. All right? Do I have verse 4 in there? Yeah. And God said that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Verse 5, God called the light day and the darkness night. And even an evening passed and morning came, marked the first day. So the original light was the, from the first day of creation. God said, let there be light. You know, um, it's, it's, I, I was uh, studying the Greek word of light, and it's the word phos, as in, and the, the word means light. And uh, it shares the same word, same root word as uh, uh, phone, which is speaking or saying. So it's interesting that he said that there be light and there was light. The origin of light also finds its explanation in the purpose and very nature of God. Uh, in 1 John 1.5 it says, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. You know, we see also in the Bible that light is used in scripture as a symbol and synonym of world that is luminous and radiant. First uh, Timothy six sixteen says, "He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, no ever will. No all honor and power in him forever." Amen. You see, it's the same thing. While in the story of Moses, right? It says, "You can't see who I am because of my glory. My glory will actually kill you." And so he had to turn away in order for God to see, um, for Moses to see God. 
In Psalms 27.1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? And in Isaiah 60, verses 19 and 20, it says, No longer you will need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sons will come, uh, your sun will never set, your moon will not go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. This is Isaiah prophesying at the at the at the end of you know at the end of the age where Jesus comes and he brings glory to glory to earth and there's never gonna be night anymore. And it's just the glory of God is gonna shine throughout. Um the Let's look at the, the definition of light in the dictionary. Um, here it says that uh, light is the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Um, in physics, light is the visible part of the electromagnetic spectrum. You know, light travels through, through the air, you know, and it, it, it shows um, itself through, you know, a reflection in, in everyday things and how like it's kind of weird is like the you see a rainbow it goes from red to purple but red is the slowest color and purple is the fastest color and so and the, according to the wavelengths you know of course it's all science uh, I'm gonna get carried away going into this but yeah so it's like you see the the whole rainbow is in that spectrum is that electromagnetic spectrum so let's let's explore more into this. We want to look at two um, properties of light: refraction and reflection. All right, refraction is the fact of phenomena of light or radio waves or any kind of waves being deflected and passing obliquely through the interface of one medium and an, and another, or through a medium of varying density. Right. <laughs> I see it got lost and people got lost here. So I was like, what you're saying is that light is, is changes direction slightly through a medium like a lens or your eyes, you know. Um, refraction is, is of how we are able to see. Light comes in, it goes through the cornea, which is like the, the outer part of your eye. And then again at the lens, which is the, where the pupil is, right? So you get your iris and there's a lens right in front of the iris and that refracts it even again. That's why images are actually upside down. And our brain actually um, reverses it or flips it in upside, right side up so that we can see the image. But that's an example of um, refraction. You know, magnifying glass is another refraction. It makes things look bigger than they seem. Uh, prism is another type of uh, an object that refracts light. You know, they refract light so that you can see the color spectrum, right? Like we see, like we got rain outside. And hopefully if the sun comes out later, you'll see a rainbow, right? And, it's, and the rainbows is how the rainbow comes is the light goes and shines through the water vapor. And then it produces this spectrum of light that you see. Um, and it's kind of crazy is that, it, that various amounts of water vapors produce one rainbow. Yeah, it's a, usually when you work with like a prism, the light shines, bounces, and it refracts, 
and then you have the rainbow, but then you put another prism to the light, it refracts a different way, and you have a different rainbow. So, but it's like millions and millions of water vapors create this one rainbow, which is, I think it's pretty awesome. So the rainbows that we see in the sky is a byproduct of refraction and reflection. So let's look at reflection. The amount of light or heat or sound that is reflected by a body or surface. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so again, so ref reflection is another property where light goes from another direction from the source. So let's say like a mirror. Light comes in, bounces off the mirror to another direction or to the same uh, opposite direction. Refle reflection is red. What color of the environment? For example, like the hibiscus flower, which is red. What happens is that the, the object is actually reflecting red light. So we see the color red. Uh, the pigment of the color of the flower is red. Same thing with these chairs, they're blue. They reflect, reflecting blue light. So we see the color of the chair, which is blue. Ref reflections used in microscopes, telescopes, analog cameras, even car headlights. You know, reflections used, you know, reflection is used to see ourselves in the mirror. Uh, one thing, one funny thing about uh, uh, mirrors is that you know that nobody has ever seen their actual selves. You only see reflections of yourself, right? And, or like a camera, right? Or, or, um, or what else can reflect like, you know, like glass or, you know, whatever objects that have a reflective property. But they only represent a two-dimensional picture of who you are, right? And the mirrors, you know, and sometimes like all things in this, in this world, perceptions can get distorted, skewed, or even perverted. You know, these images can become distorted, warped because of the medium use. You know, you go to the, like the carnival. I, that's the only thing where I see those, those funny mirrors that are like, they're concave and convex where you see like, you have a huge head, but tiny body, or you have long legs and a tiny torso. And same thing with, you know, the magnifying glass. It's, it's, it's showing, things as big as they are. They have that, you know, that on the, on your car mirror, on their, on your right side, says reflections may appear bigger than they are, right? Or they seem, you know, same thing with, with um, refraction, you know, myopia or hyperopia or astigmatism. That's a, that's a type of distortion of refraction, you know, your, your nearsighted, your farsighted, you can't see because you got cataracts, you know. Same goes with the spiritual sight, you know. Satan has blinded a lot of people. He has blinded this world, distorted views, and even perverted visions for his own sake. Second uh, Corinthians 4.4 4 says, Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You know, Jesus wants to restore our vision through him and see the Father. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you know, 
you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Everyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father's who lives in me and does his work through me. So Jesus is that refractory lens that focuses the light of glory from God onto us. And we are that reflective, uh, reflective mirror that shines throughout all the earth. In 1 John 1.4, it says, The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. And continue, going on to verse 9, The one who is the true light gives light to everyone was coming into this world. And then verse 18, it says, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who, himself God, who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So Jesus is the light we need to see. You know? Jesus is showing us the Father through him. And the focus here is his relationship with the Father. Jesus is not his own, but the Father's. And Jesus has the same authority through that relationship. You know, God, God is calling us, to, calling us to draw close to him, to spend time with him, to pray, to read his word. There's so many things that we can do to draw close to him. You know, we, we can read the word because it says the word was God. You know, we can sing songs. It says God, God um, he delights in our praise. He inhabits the, the praises of our hearts, you know. And then, you know, we, we sit here to him, we meditate, you know, meditate is actually the word reflection, <laughs> right? So when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he means one, world, the means the world has no other light than him. You know, if there's going to be any light for the world, it will be Jesus. It is Jesus or darkness. There is no third alternative and no other light. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, it means that all the world and everyone in it needs Jesus as their light. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, it means the world is, was made for this light. You know, it's not a foreign light. God created this light at the beginning, the light of the owner of this world. You know, when, the, when this light comes, it only not makes sin visible and ugly, but it also shows everything that is good in the world and shines its full and true beauty. This world is made to be illuminated by that light, and this light of Christ is native to this world. You know, we have to believe that, you know, we have to change our perspective of what, what this world should be. You know, we're, we're as, as a fallen creature, we're too used to things, this is the norm, but we have to, as, as followers of Christ, we have to say that Christ is the norm. And everything else is abnormal, you know. So, and if I, and when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, it means that one day this world will be filled with this light as the waters cover the seas. And all the darkness and all the works of the darkness and the sons of darkness will be cast out. In that day, all will be light. Jesus is the radiance of that Father. He will fill the world and everything that is beautiful will be shine with the light of Christ. 
In Revelations 21 23, it says, And the city, which is the city on earth, heaven on earth, has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is the light, is its light. You know, in the natural realm, we depend, you, you depend on sun or artificial light for illumination. The sun, for example, our physical bodies have, have eyes and the sunlight is, is needed to show us where we're going. You know, you ever tried, you know, walking through your house with your eyes closed or walked in the darkness? You know, especially when, you know, like if you, let's say, like I, I live by myself, but every time I go like visit a friend and, and the, their friends have kids and they live their stuff around and I just like, like, I don't know the place as well as my house. And you start walking around in the darkness. You start stepping on the, you know, Legos. <laughs> or the, you know, stuffed animals. You'd be tripping over, you know, stuff that's just lying around. It's like you're not used to it. But that's why light is there for, you know. Sun, the sun also literally gives our body life. In order to survive, we eat plants that eat light. Or we eat animals that eat those plants, right? And our bodies also absorb vital nutrients directly from the sunlight and would not be able to survive without the heating effect that, it, that the radiance produces. So natural light shows us the way we should go and reveals the true meaning, the tr what's true about our surroundings and literally gives us and sustains our bodily lives. Just as natural light and life intertwine, such as spiritual light and life. You know, I, I stumbled upon this verse in Psalms 36, verses 7 through 9 in the, uh, I read it in the English, uh, is it English Standard Version, ESV? How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of, the, of your delights. For you... For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. And it was, I, I looked at it again. It was like, in your light we, do we see light. I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? You look at the sun, you see light. You look at a you know, lamp, you see light. But it's, 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 a, it's two meanings to this word. It's... Um, one is your light, which is the glory of God. And then do we see light, which is the revelation of God? Yeah. This, you know, the same true divine spiritual light that David is referring in this verse is, is the light that God is that we talked about in 1 John 1, 5. God is light. And the light that God gives, you know, we talked about in, in Revelations 21 where God produces that glory that we don't need light or we don't need any uh, artificial light anymore you know the divine light shows shows us the way to go there's that um the famous psalm right psalm 119 verses 105 says the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path you know i i was listening to this this um guy and i don't i don't um i don't ski right I'm not a skier. I've never been on a mountain with snow. I've been in snow, 
but I've never been on a mountain with snow, let alone be on two, you know, fiberglass um, contraptions that make you go down a hill really fast. But he says this one thing, which is, which is profound. He says that when you come to the trees, don't focus on the trees, focus on the path. Because if you focus on the trees, you'll eventually hit the trees. <laughs> so I think, so when I, when I read that, when I read that verse, the lamp is, the word is a, is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. It's the same thing. It's like, let us not be troubled by the word, the, the, the works of this world, the troubles of this world. You know, let us focus on Jesus who's directing our path. You know, this says that the, um, the Lord directs the steps of the righteous, right? Yeah. Next, divine light reveals what's true about our spiritual surroundings. You know, Matthew 4, um, 16 says, The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. You know, he's talking about, you know, about Jesus, Jesus being there and being that light to shining out of that darkness. And then the divine light literally gives us spiritual life. You know, it's, it's God who said, let light shine out of darkness. And it's shown our hearts to give the light, the knowledge of the glory of God. You know, Jesus, again, is the light we need to see. And because Jesus is the light we need to see, we are now to reflect that light onto the world. You know, in Matthew 5, 14, it says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Um, I don't think I put this verse 15. No, light has lights, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. In Acts 13, 47 to 48, it says, For the Lord gave us this commandment, and he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And all who are chosen for eternal life became believers. In Ephesians 5, 8 through 9, it says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as, possible, live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and is right, good and right and true. And in Philippians 2, 14 to 15, it says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You know, God has called us to live out our lives. You know, it says in, in the end of Matthew, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, you know, preaching the gospel doesn't have to be what you say. It has, it has also to be what you do and how you live your life. You know, you can judge a person by how they live their, how they live their lives at home, you know. And God is calling us, you know, to, to be that, that um, reflection of him. 
And also, not only just to reflect Jesus, but to refract Jesus. <laughs> How do we refract Jesus? So in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says here, And you should imitate me, this is Paul talking to the Corinthians, And you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. All right? 1 John 4.17 says, And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, and we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. This is where our testimony is important. You know, our testimony is, is actually like prophecy. It's revealing the truth of God, our Father, to people. You know, and what is cool about testimony is that not everybody's testimony is the same, right? And what, because God is infinite, and if we were to, to just, you know, spend our time just learning about God, guess how long that will take? Forever. <laughs> right? So, so God's calling us to spend time with him, and the only way to spend time with him is to be with him and choose him as our Lord and Savior, you know, and and like 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 prophecy, our testimony, you know, shows like the different aspects of God. God, our Father, God, our Deliverer, God, our Shepherd, God, our Provider, God, our Healer, you know, God, you know, is my banner. He fights my battles for me. There's so many aspects of God, and there's so much more that we have not have yet to experience, you know. I love when I hear testimonies because it gets me all like riled up. It's like, yeah, Jesus, go Jesus, go God. You know, it's just like, you know, when you root for your favorite, um, what sport is it now? Basketball? Baseball? I don't know. Your favorite sports team, right? And football, right? So, and I'm not a sports person. Like, I, you know, I don't have a favorite team. I kind of lost interest after, you know, after I fell in love with music. And I was like, I was like, but I have that same feeling that everybody has when they, when, you know, their favorite player or team scores a touchdown. I have that same feeling inside when somebody gets healed in Jesus' name. I get the same feeling when God, when God is praised in, you know, in the midst of a person's troubles. You know, I, I, I feel the same way when, when God, when people look to God, you know, in their time of need and God provides, you know, or in, when God heals, I get that same excitement as go, whoever favorite team you guys have. I won't take sides, you know, but it's like, it's like, go Jesus, go, keep going. And God is calling us, you know, he's, he's actually rooting for us to do the same. Um, Bill Johnson wrote this, this in his book, Defining Moments. God speaks through us through testimonies. Every testimony brings something of heaven into the atmosphere. It gives us divine moments, gives us a divine moment when things shift and are transformed because the record of God's activity is revealed. You know, in 1 Peter 3.15, it says, we are given this instruction that Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Right? Be ready to answer. It's like, why are you happy, Jesus? 
right? I'm I'm happy because I, I'm breathing air. You know, it's like I like I should have been dead, but no, God saved me. It's like I was like, or like God provided you know the rent money I needed. Glory to God. You know, God healed me of my back pain. And glory to God. And when you share that with people, it's like it it changes like their perspective of God. It's like, wait, I thought God was this mean old guy in, in the in the sky with a magnifying glass, you know, torturing people, you know, with with the light, you know. You know how you do it, ants with a magnifying glass? <laughs> but God's not that way. You know, God's not mean, God loves all, but he only he's he's only gonna reach those who we reach, right? He's going he's gonna to divinely reach those that no one can reach, but it's up to us. That's why God, what, that was the commandment, right? Going to all the world, right? Going to your neighbor's house. Well, knock first, right? You know, go to your friend's, your friend's place. Going go to your workplace. Going to your school. Going to, you know, the store. You know, like I, I, I try to make it a point every time when I'm at the store, which is not often, because I I'm not a shopper I I go in and out, right? And but whenever whenever I'm at the store or the restaurant, I ask the person who's serving me or you know bringing up the register or serving my food. It's like, hey, how are you doing? You know, just you know show interest, show show that light and love. You know, it's like show, asking them how they're doing. That's that's just the first sign of unconditional love, right? It does. There's no there's no ties to that person. You know, it's like you know, there's no requirement of you have to know that person before you preach the gospel to them, right? So, um, I call the worship team up. You know, um, we want to be like Jesus, be that light to the world, showing the glory of the Father to the broken, hurting, and those in, those in despair. You know, Jesus wants us to. Be that light, reflecting, and the only the only way we can reflect and refract that love and that light is by spending time and you know digging deep into God. It says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know that's true with sports teams. You know when you get excited, your heart's full with excitement. And what comes out of your mouth? You know, you're like, yeah, you're like, hip, hip, hooray. You know, nobody says that anymore. Right? <laughs> so I'm an old soul, so I say things weird. So, and, but, you know, we get excited because that's, it's out of the abundance, you know, we rejoice. And the same thing with God is that, is that you know, um, we want to have that same, um, same love and light reflected off of us you know when we you know looking back going back to the mirror analogy you know you know i've seen this um as a I, I go on tiktok every once in a while and i see this this one video and it's like i was like like i gotta rock my mind on like how people think this way but the person is taking an object right and then he and on the goes up to the mirror and between the object and the mirror they put a piece of paper right and then they put the object, piece of paper, and they're looking and they see the reflection of the object in the mirror. But they ask this question, how does the mirror know it's there? 
let that sink a little bit. I'm like, how does the mirror know it's there? Like, duh, the mirror doesn't know it's there. If you took the perspective of the mirror, you won't see the object. But we have to, again, we have to change our perspective. From the perspective of where you're standing, you can see the object and the reflection. And that's how what we want with Jesus. It's like everybody has this view. You know, we're in, we're in what's called what, the post-Christian um, movement, whatever, post-Christian society where, like, where, where Jesus is, is, is not like the mainstream of, of society anymore. You know, you know like we, we had like in God we trust used to be the thing of the United States, but now it's not anymore, right? We got, we got deconstruction Christianity. We got, you know, all these things. We got transgenderism. We got all these things that are being perverted. You know, it's what was good being perverted, the vision perverted, the light perverted, you know, and we have to go into the world and be that mirror. So it's like, hey, you're looking at it the wrong way. You know, they have this thing, um, Mason tells me about it, it's like where bodybuilders, when they look at a, in the mirror, sometimes they're not satisfied with the way they, what they look, right? It's called, uh, was it body dysmorphia or something like that? It's like, they look at it, it's like, I'm not big enough, I'm not swollen enough. So what they do, do they, they, they start working on some more, and they're like huge and humongous. Like, they, they're, like their, their bicep is so huge, they can't scratch their head. That's how big they are. It's like, you know. No, but, um, so, um, you know, Jesus is the light we need to see. Jesus is the light we need to see the love of God. Jesus is the light we need to see God as our provider. Jesus is the light we need to see as the, as the solution to the problems of this world. We got to look to God. You know, we got, we got all sorts of problems, you know, society problems, climate problems, money problems. But only if we had looked to Jesus first, you know, you know, God's principles are, they work even if you're not a Christian because God's word is true, you know. And if some people actually, you know, they work on that and then they, they get that principle. But what's missing is that lack of relationship. And we need to show people that's that relationship. The relationship is the light source that we need. Jesus is the light we need to see. So can I have the the altar team come up. We wanna, we wanna pray, and and if you need prayer this morning, you know that you like if you need Jesus, you know, like first of all, if you need Jesus in your life, you know, come up and have someone pray for you, and say like, make Jesus the Lord of your life, and if you're if you're lacking that relationship with Jesus, you know, actually come up and get prayed over. And, and, you know, restart that relationship, rekindle that fire, you know, fire's light, right? Rekindle that fire that, you know, that burns and for Jesus. Or if you need healing, anything you need, just come up this morning and have, have pray for, all right?